is the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Oman. Hey everyone, it's episode seven. And in this episode, I'm going to start part one of a series about sourcing. The most common questions I've been getting since this podcast started have to do with sourcing, where to source, how to source, what are the secrets for sourcing? And it's understandable because sourcing is really the basis for everything that we do as resellers. If we don't get sourcing right, then that's going to trickle down and make our business less efficient and less profitable. So we're going to talk about sourcing for the next few episodes. I'm calling this series Sourcing Strategies for Six-Figure Sales. Um, and this is going to be part one. I'm not sure how many parts there are going to be of this series. I'm just going to keep talking about different aspects of sourcing until I've answered all of your questions um, and feel like I've covered everything that I can to do with it. Before we get to that, um, another mention of the Boss Reseller Remix coming up in Las Vegas in October. I'll be speaking there, and I'm very excited to take part in this event. I think it's going to be fantastic and well-organized, and the people who go are going to learn a lot. So go to resellerremix.com to get your tickets. From what I understand, there's also an option to attend virtually. So if you cannot attend in person, you may be able to participate in some of the events uh, via the internet. So go there and check it out and get more information on Reseller Remix. It's coming up in just about six or seven weeks. A little update on sales. I don't know about you. I've been hearing from other sellers as well that August has had a nice uptick in sales. And that has been the case for us. Things have uh, been looking up quite a bit since the significant lull of May, June, and July. Those were challenging months, um, more challenging than I was expecting them to be for sales. But uh, August has been much better. And I can't really explain uh, why. Specifically for us, I can say that we, we do have an influx of the types of items that sell pretty fast. Um, we have some good DVD and CD box sets live concert series and things like that from classic bands. Those always sell really well and we have a whole bunch of them. Um, and a lot of those are worth, you know, $100 and up. We also purchased a bunch of 118th scale diecast cars, which are very popular. And some of them were um, more rare collectible models and those have been selling really well for us. Um, but that wasn't really a ton of stuff. I, I guess I can just say that we've been listing a lot, processing a lot of inventory and that's always gonna help with sales. Um, so I can't really say overall why uh, sales seem to be up for a lot of sellers um, or quite a group of sellers that I've talked to. But um, anyway, we can enjoy that and hope that that is um, bodes well for a, a really good fourth quarter. Uh, so we'll see how it goes and hopefully things uh, keep going like that. Um, we have a lot of uncertainty. I did a whole episode about reselling during inflation. Um, so we'll see if this is just a temporary thing or if buyers are going to be comfortable pulling out their wallets um, as we get into the holiday season. All right, let's get into today's topic, uh, part one of the sourcing series. So I'm gonna be spilling my sourcing secrets, um, which hopefully some of you will find exciting. It may be less exciting than, than you might expect it to be. Um, <laughs> but I wanna answer some questions that I hear about sourcing, like why does everyone say you should source higher value items and then not tell you how to do it? I know that's a, a point of frustration for a lot of people who watch YouTube channels and try to learn how to improve their reselling businesses. Um, so I'm going to look at how to do that over the next few episodes. 
going to cover all X aspects of sourcing inventory from thrifting, which I honestly don't think you should be doing to how to do estate clear outs, storage auctions, garage sales, and other methods of sourcing. So on today's episode, I'm going to share our general strategy for sourcing and the kinds of things we think about when we're sourcing. And in subsequent episodes, I'll talk about how and where to source items, um, just to sort of give you some more ideas on where to get good inventory. Whether or not these tactics are going to be successful for you depends a lot on where you live and the types of items that are available in your area. So some will work better for some people than others, but I'm going to tell you a lot of things that we've tried and what works and what hasn't worked for us. Um, and that may be different than what works for you, but hopefully it'll just give you some insight that you may uh, not have thought about before. Uh, for now, I just want you to start thinking about how you're currently sourcing and what parts of your sourcing strategy are serving you well and what parts are not. So today is to get you thinking about what you might do better. And in later episodes, we'll look at how you can start making a shift. So here's why you need a good sourcing strategy. Way back in episode one, way back, six episodes ago, uh, go back and listen to it if you haven't. But I talked about supply chains. So if you want more context for this um, and you want to learn sort of what the idea of a supply chain is and how it works and how um, it matters for your business, go back and listen to episode one. Um, but basically, as resellers, we're part of a supply chain getting goods from our sources, could be estates, thrift, garbage or whatever, and getting those goods from there to the end customers. Creating a reliable, stable supply chain is very hard for resellers because you can't always know what kind of inventory you're going to get, how much of it you're going to get, and when you're going to get it, or how frequently you're going to get it. So that first step in the supply chain, that, that getting the inventory, that drives all of your sales. And as resellers, especially in vintage and collectibles categories or where we're selling unique items, um, it's really hard to stabilize that aspect of our business. And I think it's one of the biggest challenge for, challenges for scaling up. Um, but that kind of uncertainty is just the reality of what we do. And it will always be an inhibiting factor for scaling up beyond six figures, I think. So as I always say, we need to look at what we can control. And to try and stabilize sourcing as much as realistically possible for the type of business that we have. Remembering and being comfortable with the fact that efficiency will always be limited here. So it's really going to be about minimizing the impact of that lack of efficiency on the business overall. So that's one reason why sourcing strategy matters. I just mentioned efficiency and many resellers don't try to make their sourcing more efficient, or they feel like they can't, and they use that as a justification for not trying. But if you want to scale up, whatever scaling up means for you, if that means going from $1,000 a month to 5,000, if that means going from 10,000 to 50,000, if that means going from 25,000 to $125,000 a month, whatever scaling up means to you, you can't do it by spending half a day sourcing at the thrift or at estate sales every, you know, a couple of times a week and only coming home with a couple hundred bucks in inventory. You will not reach six-figure sales this way. Uh, and you won't, you certainly won't sustain six-figure sales this way. And 
As I mentioned already, you can't always control what you find or how much you find, but that's why you have to leverage your time to get as much high value inventory as you can in the least amount of time. That's the efficiency goal that we're kind of trying to work towards. So I'm going to come back to that over and over again is how we can think about that and what are the things that you can do um, to try and get more high value inventory while spending less time on sourcing. So another thing I want to mention is that you can't scale a business if you're sourcing nothing but 15, 20, $25 items. And I see this a lot with new sellers and it's actually not a bad way to get into the business to figure things out, sell cheap things around your home. That advice is good advice and a lot of people give it to new sellers. But when you're not a new seller anymore, you can't build your business off of these cheap items. It's not scalable. It's not scalable because we can't put together processes that we can, um, that we can maximize the productivity of. We can't create assembly lines for vintage and collectibles. Each item requires a certain amount of care. And so for that reason, we can't sell things too cheaply because we will spend too much time processing every item and not make any money. So just let's do a little bit of math, simple math here. Let's say you sell an item for $25, okay, $25. You paid $5 for that item. So gross profit of $20. Now this meets something I'm gonna talk about for in a minute, the threshold of a five to one ratio, which is I like to spend 20% uh, on something um, of what I'm gonna sell it for. So if I'll buy it for 20 bucks if I can sell it for 100. So this, this meets that ratio, but that approach is not going to work very well for cheaper items. So, okay, so here we're already at 25 minus five. Fees, 12.1% for most sellers in most categories on eBay, just using eBay as the baseline, $3.03. That's assuming no international fees or any of these sort of additional fees, no promoted listing fees, et cetera, et cetera. So that leaves you $17.97 on that item. Now, if you value your time at a minimum of $50 per hour, and if that sounds like a lot to you, realign your expectations with what about what you need to make. Because that's honestly probably not even enough. But we're just using $50 an hour because it's easy and easy to think about. If you value your time at a minimum of $50 per hour, you can't spend more than about 22 minutes on the entire process of sourcing, photographing, skewing, listing, massaging sales by sending out offers or putting things on discount, pulling, packing, and making a label for that item just to earn $17.97 or you are losing money. At 22 minutes, you are barely breaking even if you value your time at $50 an hour. And you can say just, yeah, okay, but all of that takes actually less than half that time. 22 minutes, that's crazy. Who would spend 22 minutes? It's way easier to list that. I'm only gonna spend 10 minutes on my item. Okay, okay, fine. Whatever, you can probably do it faster. But we didn't even factor in your overhead, which could include warehouse or storage rent, utilities, subscription fees, and a whole lot more. No advertising, no marketing, none of the other monies that you spend in your business to try and grow it. So your profit is not $17.97. So you're losing money if it's taking you 20-ish minutes to process that item. Every single step from the moment you see it to the moment it leaves your hands, plus any customer service you'd have to deal with in the meantime, all takes up your time. So you're not making much on that $25 item. So unless you could process hundreds of those things every hour, your profit isn't scalable. 
sometimes we will go like we in our business we'll go to a whole bunch of garage sales one day and it's actually been frustrating especially during the pandemic understandably so but it has been frustrating to go to a whole bunch of garage sales and come home with like nothing um even if we could have picked a few 20 or 25 dollar items at those sales we often won't because that inefficiency of sourcing a bunch of cheap items is only going to trickle down through the rest of the business. So knowing that I'm going to have to do all of this work to make less than $20 in an item, I would rather not have that item. I would rather sit on the couch and watch TV or go and play tennis for half an hour. That's a better use of my time. We're better off going home with nothing than a bunch of lower value items that are going to take up our time in the business that we should be spending doing something more productive or in some cases doing nothing at all because we can't work all the time. So you're not making money selling $25 items. You will never scale this. And that's why you need to source better stuff. So what else does smarter sourcing do? Smarter sourcing is going to help you raise your average selling price, which to me is one of the most important metrics in reselling your average starting price or sorry average selling price is the starting point for figuring out your average gross profit per item which tells you how much you're essentially being paid to list those items now of course what you spend to get those items also matters and we're going to get into a bit of that here but also a lot more in future episodes um, so as i already hinted at what i like to go for as a general rule is a five to one ratio so if i think i can sell an item for a hundred dollars I will not pay above $20 for it. I'm always looking for items that I can sell for $100 or more. Um, it's, it's an important thing to me to get to those three-figure items because then you get a few of those sales per day and your revenue adds up really fast, much faster than it does selling a lot of $15 and $20 items. Um, so I'm always looking at trying to get our average selling price up. I'm still not satisfied with where it's at. It usually hovers around $65 U.S., um, I don't think that's nearly good enough <laughs> and I want to work on getting it higher, but it used to be a lot lower and we also made a lot less money. So over time I've improved that and we've seen our overall revenue improve. So think about how you can source smarter to find more items that you can sell for a higher price. And if the how of that is something I'm going to get into in future episodes to give you some ideas. So sourcing items that you can list at higher prices is one tip. Sourcing items that will sell quickly is another almost equally as important tip. So you also need to source items that are going to sell in a reasonable amount of time. And so I will admit, I don't keep track of exactly how long it takes to sell each item in our store. Um, but I do watch the number of listings that we have versus the number of listings that sell like over a, a set period of time, usually like one year. So we're typically hovering around 6,000 listings at all time. That varies a little bit. And we sell about 4,800 items a year, which would suggest that we're selling through about 80% of our listed inventory annually. So I really like looking at averages and overall trends in sales rather than analyzing data on every single listing. So you're going to hear that a lot from me. And if you're if you're somebody who really gets loves analyzing things at every detail and getting into the minutiae of everything, I'm probably going to frustrate you because I'm just not one of those people. I just like to look at trends to sort of understand generally how my business is doing. And I watch those things. So that's what I'm looking at. Like, oh, okay, 6,000 listings are selling about 4,800. That's, to me, that's good. I actually don't know how that compares to other sellers, but I do think we're pretty strong in this area. We turn over enough inventory to keep our shelves always rotating with new stock. 
and we have 20% uh, dead stock or less. That's of listed items. And like you, of course, we have some pretty huge death piles of things that aren't listed, which always frustrates me. But of the things that are listed, only about 20 of it is just sitting around. And when I notice that some items or items in certain categories aren't really moving, um, I put them on sale. We can talk about marketing and promotions and discount offers in future episodes, but I put them on sale. I do offers. Um, I try to sort of flush them out of the warehouse because I don't want that dead inventory taking up space. Space is worth so much money and we're all limited to some degree in the amount of space we have. You might have a bedroom, you might have a closet. We have a warehouse that's 2,000 square feet. Some people have 50,000 square feet, but we're all limited by the amount of space we have and space is money. So we don't want uh, inventory that's not selling sitting on the shelves. So I try to flush it out and then you know, then I'm making a note, okay, I'm not going to source those types of items anymore. So always watch what's selling from your store to get a good idea of the kinds of things that you should be sourcing. Um, the best tool for learning what types of items sell faster is just to look at the ratio of how many of an item are for sale versus how many are sold. Uh, so on eBay, you know, if there's, if you look something up and you see a hundred of them listed, I like to see about 50 sold in the last 90 days. So like sort of a two to one ratio. Um, I'm looking for that or better. I mean, ideally, you're going to see like 10 available and 25 sold. That means you have something that's in high demand. Um, you decide what threshold works for you based on the categories that you sell in. Um, but learning how to source items that are going to sell relatively fast is always going to be better and but whether you think fast is one year or 90 days or one month is kind of up to you and how you how you operate your business um, but I do like things to sell within about six months I don't like them sitting around too long it just annoys me when I'm walking around the warehouse and I see something I'm like man nobody bought that vase it's so pretty why is it still sitting there and then I get all obsessed over why it's not going to sell so I don't want to do that spend my time doing that so I just want to buy things that are going to sell relatively fast Another tip that I want to share is sourcing in bulk. So I recommend bulk sourcing whenever possible. When you buy many items at once, and I'm talking about hundreds of items or thousands of items, not just a couple dozen, um, you're typically going to pay a lot less per item, and this can make your cost of goods negligible. So for example, if, um, if we're picking an estate in our business and we fill up our entire truck, uh, and we pay, say, like, I don't know, $3,000 for that, you know, we probably have a thousand things in there or more. We like to pick smalls. So we like to pick you know, stuff that's easy to ship, easy to box up, um, you know, because again, we're always gearing our business towards efficiency and those sort of small items are easy to, to pack and ship. So we try to source little things, plus we can fit more of them in our truck at the same time. So $3,000, maybe we have a thousand things in there, maybe more. Um, and so I don't really have to think about cost of goods when I'm listing because it's such a small part of my overall expenses. I would probably say um, that on average, we pay less than a dollar per item because we're trying to buy like thousands of things all at the same time. Now, if you're limited on space, maybe thousands of things isn't feasible for you right now. But if you're looking to scale up and you've typically been picking, you know, five, 10 items when you go sourcing, consider 40 to 50 items, you know, work your way up in a manageable, sustainable way. Also, when you're sourcing in bulk, it's also great to source lots of the same kinds of items. So one of the reasons this is important is it's a great way to get repeat buyers or collectors of specific items into your shop and buying a whole bunch of things at once. So instead of buying one item, they might come in and buy three or four or 10 of similar items. 
Um, so we can buy a whole comic book collection. We will. We recently purchased an entire collection of the Spawn comic book run. And there's always people out there who are trying to fill out their entire Spawn run. So we post dozens of Spawn books all at the same time. And somebody comes along and buys six of them. And somebody else comes along and buys 10 of them. Somebody else comes along and buys three of them. So this is getting those buyers into our store. They make, they tend to make larger purchases, which is going to increase your average selling price. And they're very likely to come back as long as you're making them happy. So we love to source lots of the same types of items. As much as we enjoy the, the fun and the thrill of getting something unique, it, that is always great. And that passion is never going to go away. But as far as producing like productive, sustainable and efficient business, we find that we really need that. We call it sort of that bread and butter. So then you can encourage uh, those people to buy from you again, nurture them by sending them coupons, thanking them for their feedback, offering them discounts on bigger purchases and things like that. So buying in bulk, but buying a lot of the same items is going to help you a lot for efficiency, if efficiency is among your goals. So what's our sourcing strategy? Our strategy is really just kind of a summary of everything that I've already described. So we try to pay 20% or less of the price that we think we can get for something. We source in bulk as much as possible. We try to source larger collections of similar items. We look for things that sell relatively quickly and we look for $100 plus items. Now going back to $100 plus items for a second, we actually did a listing challenge last year, last September where we tried to list nothing but $100 plus items. So we started taking like cheaper items and grouping them into lots that we would then list for over $100. We dug around for some value in our death piles. Um, you know, we did different things to try and really increase the amount of $100 plus listings that we have had. And I'll tell you, our revenue from that challenge was great. Um, so I know I'm getting away from the topic of sourcing here just a little bit, but if we hadn't focused on smart sourcing in the past, we wouldn't have been able to do that challenge at all. So when I say like your sourcing strategy trickles down into your, the rest of your business, that's just yet another way that it can affect you. Now, I think there's actually a lot of places that we could do better. Um, we still have about $1,820 items in our store out of 6,200 listings. To me, that is like way too much. And there's different reasons for that. A lot of them are leftovers from earlier days of selling, or they're the result of like death pile projects where we just decide to push through and list a bunch of things instead of giving them away. Um, there's sometimes um, we, you know, we don't always agree on <laughs> whether it's worth selling a $20 item. I say it's never worth it. Uh, dear husband doesn't always agree with me. So we end up getting stuff listed that's just like, okay, it's 20, 25 bucks, but hopefully it's something that will sell fast. So we always have some of these cheaper items. Um, it's not always the worst thing to have them. It can encourage bundling. So it can encourage people to buy a whole bunch of things at once. And that's good because then you'll have an average sale that's quite a bit higher. Um, or sometimes you just end up listing some cheaper items as you're working through a, a large collection or something like that. So you've gone through and found all the $100 items and you're kind of left with the shrapnel. And it's like, what do I do with it? There's still value here. Maybe it is worth listing it if I can do it quickly and efficiently. Um, but for me, I think $1,820 uh, listings is, is way too much. And every time a $20 item sells, I'm like, yes, I've got to replace it with a $100 item now. 
<laughs> so we can always improve on this. And I'm going to share with you some of our sourcing uh, fails as well um, in some future episodes. We certainly don't have the process all figured out. Um, we found some things that really worked, but they don't work consistently. So that's something that I'm learning as we go along as well. Um, so thinking about all of this and why better sourcing is going to help you scale. As I wrap up today, these are you know, the things I've talked about today are just are most of the reasons why sourcing is so important. Everything in your business begins with sourcing. It's that first step in your supply chain. So the better job you do of managing it, the healthier your business is going to become. Everything starts with your sourcing strategy. It's one of the most important things you can focus on in your business. So call to action for today. Um, I've been a bit slack about specific calls to action, um, but I want you to follow this one. So sit down and think about what the flaws in your current sourcing strategy are. Do you buy too many cheap things? Are you afraid of spending the money required to buy in bulk? Do you spend too much time sourcing and get very little that you can actually sell? What are your sourcing woes? I would want you to share them with me. Comment on our YouTube channel. Just search Storage Warrior on YouTube and you will find all the podcast episodes there. You can email me with your questions and comments. Hello at storagewarrior.ca. Don't forget to go to businessofreselling.com. You can listen to this podcast on any of the podcatchers that you might enjoy there and pass the link along to any friends that you know who you think might also be interested in this content. As always, we're always buying. And if you know anybody in the Vancouver area who is selling a large amount of stuff, let us know. We might just be interested in purchasing it. We would love to be connected. Okay, that's it for today. Next week's just the tip. Probably we'll have something to do with sourcing. Our next few episodes are going to be all about that. So now is the time to be asking me your questions and commenting on what you want to know about sourcing. So what are the issues that you're having? What's going on with your sourcing uh, strategy? Where are you the most frustrated? I want to try and address all of those things in future episodes to really empower you to improve your sourcing and grow your business. That's all for now. Have a wonderful day.